Electric Friends, a Gary Newman podcast celebrating the tracks by a musical pioneer. In 1982, Gary Newman arguably had two careers, uh, one as a pop star and electronic music star, uh, the other as an accomplished pilot capable of flying a many number of planes. After releasing the album Dance and completing his farewell shows at Wembley in 1981, Gary had a break from music where he flew around the world in his uh, Piper Navajo uh, with co-pilot Bob Thompson. Uh, This was their second attempt after first ending in India, with Newman and Thompson being arrested on suspicion of smuggling and spying. Uh, This aircraft was written off in January 82 when it uh, ran out of fuel near Southampton and made a forced landing while Newman was flying on it as a passenger. It was really a fascinating time in Newman's life and career, to say the least. I asked Gary exactly what happened before he hit the road. We don't know. It looks like it ran out of fuel, but according to the calculations and the gauges, it's got an hour and 20 minutes left in it. And it just doesn't... It stopped working. So, so, so what happened when you realised that you, had, you you couldn't maintain height? Not a lot. We had, there was 10 seconds between it going and it hitting the ground. And I, was, I spent the whole time pumping because we'd had an alternator failure. We didn't have electrics either. So the, the wheels wouldn't come down, so I had to pump them. And so Tim took over bringing the aeroplane down because he's far more experienced than I am. And I was pumping the wheels, so I didn't even see it until we hit the ground. Then I looked up, you know, see, see what was going on. Pretty frightening experience for you, wasn't it? It's too quick, you know, it happened so quick. No, no, it wasn't. After this venture, Gary got down to work for his next album, which would end up being I Assassin. previous studio album, Dance, was an experimental LP that explored different musical elements such as jazz. Uh, check out the Stories episode for more about that. But I Assassin followed on with a similar vein. The fretless bass and some of the jazz elements of Dance returned, but this time Newman started exploring funk music and blended it together with heavier percussion as well as his own familiar electronic sound. Most of the album was written and recorded between January and March 1982 at Rock City Studios in Shepparton following his round-the-world trip. Then age 24, he said that the experience of a near-death plane crash helped him shape a new opinion of himself and gave him a strong self-confidence that he hadn't had before. I Assassin, and particular the main focus of this episode, Music for Chameleons, was unique in that it used the fretless bass as one of, if not the, main instrument to create this funky, danceable beat. For the album, Gary brought in Chris Slade from Uriah Heap on drums, Roger Mason on keyboards, and Pino Palladino, who was a friend of Chris's and was playing in Jules Holland's band, The Millionaires at the time, on fretless bass. Pino would later play bass on uh, artists ranging from The Who, John Mayer, Eric Clapton, Ed Sheeran, Paul Young, and Elton John, among many others. Mm-hmm. 
Gary said in his Praying to the Aliens book, I paid Pino £50 a track, which for him at the time was good money, but a fraction of what he was worth. He was brilliant. I'd never heard playing like it, and I was convinced that he was a major talent just waiting to be discovered. He came up with stunning bass lines song after song. I leaned on him heavily during the making of that album. I pushed his playing to the forefront of the tracks and inadvertently created a new style. It was one of the first times that the fretless bass had been used as a lead melody instrument, allowing the album to be atmospheric, dreamy and funky. In terms of music for chameleons, uh, for inspiration, Gary said, I thought up the main melody line of the song somewhere between Kansas and Houston while I was on the round the world trip. I remember being fascinated by the ground, which looked like a checkerboard uh, that went on for hundreds of miles. I started humming this tune to myself, which irritated Bob a bit. He cancelled the intercom and switched me off. It is one of the best intros, I'd say, to a Gary Newman song, the way it just builds at the beginning until it hits that crescendo and Pino's bass kicks in. When the, well, I guess it's a chorus comes in, it's uh, when Gary sings the title. I just love how the synths sound here in particular. The harmonies and the atmosphere it creates is sinister, sexy and suave all at once. It's one of those Newman songs which is pretty hard to decipher without any context. Uh, he did reveal one inspiration in his book, saying, In Music for Chameleons, I sing gowns for another show, Maybe No One Will Come, which was inspired by the old classic Send in the Clowns, one of my all-time favourite songs. It had always touched a nerve in me. You've had your career, your best days are gone, and there comes the time when you walk out on stage and no one has come. I had a certain empathy for that fear. But 
by assassin in general, Gary said he was attempting to evoke an imaginary 1930s with newspapers rustling through wet, empty streets, everything slightly vague and ghost-like, mostly grey, little colour. You can see that from the album's cover, with Newman retaining the fedora hat from Dance, with the trench coat and alley background representing I Assassin's 1930s gangster inspiration. The music video for Music for Chameleons takes it even further, being set in a 30s-style casino, complete with go-go dancers, gangsters at a bar, called Chameleons. If you watch it, it's the closest we get to Gary going full Michael Jackson with an epic music video to support a single in the 80s. And I'd argue that Michael saw this and thought, right, I have found my inspiration for Smooth Criminal. Sadly, the music press had begun to have enough of uh, Gary by 1982, and he had become the target to many critics' ire, and I Assassin was mauled in most reviews. Uh, this is a shame, as it's perhaps a more accessible album than its predecessor, Dance, and the, poor, and the poor reviews probably pushed Gary to keep trying things that moved him too far away from the kind of music that fans loved him for in the first place. Uh, the album is an underrated fusion of electronic, jazz and funk, um, and an album which apparently had a big influence on a young prince at the time, who was uh, listening to a number of albums by Gary in the States. Um, a country who were far kinder to Gary at the time, reviews-wise. Uh, Gary didn't seem to let it phase him too much, as he has said in a number of interviews over the years that the album was one of the best albums he ever recorded. What do you think about the American music scene? It's nearly all British at the moment. In the Human League, Soft Sound, Duran Duran. They're all here now, all big yeah. here. Every time there's a band on the television, chances are it's British. Like Merv Griffin is always having new wave nights. And three out of four bands are on every show is British. Why do you think that is? Best around. Always have been. Uh, Music for Chameleons was the lead single from I Assassin, and it reached a peak of 19 in early 1982. There was also an extended seven-minute version of the song alongside the radio edit. And the uh, B-side was a song called Noise Noise, which is one of Gary's best songs of the era, really. A song that featured uh, Dollar's Teresa Bazaar on backing vocals. Gary later said, it's still one of my favourite songs. In fact, one of the Radio 1 DJs said that I should have made the single a double A-side. Was it to you?
And of course, we can't talk about music for chameleons without mentioning perhaps the thing it's become best known for, Alan Partridge. Uh, the song features in the episode I Know What Alan Did Last Summer of the series I'm Alan Partridge. And in it, Alan mimes along to the song on air bass guitar in one of the show's best ever moments. It doesn't exactly translate to audio, but here it is anyway. makes the song a bit of a comedy joke in its own way but I don't think it was done in any malice uh, by Coogan in fact it's not the only time Gary's been referenced by Steve Coogan in, in his shows so something tells me that Steve is a humanoid deep down now Alice uh, the film ends with the sound of a seal cry and it's quite a sound isn't it <laughs> I, I, actually let's hear it Not a sound you forget. <laughs> when I heard that, I had an overwhelming sense of Gary Newman. And you know the other musician I was thinking of? Don't know why. Seal. I do know why. Uh, Gary would return to live performing after release of this album, as his farewell era only lasted a year or so, thankfully. Um, surprisingly, Music for Chameleons is not one of the songs which has made a live comeback for Gary. Uh, from what I can see, correct me if I'm wrong, but he hasn't performed a song live since 1984. Uh, perhaps it doesn't quite work in his current style, but wouldn't it be awesome to see him bring it back in some capacity? in your comments about the song uh, Glenn Oldham said takes me back the only Newman fan in my school did I care did I fuck quality tune uh, Marilyn Towie said great track I always talk about the lads at the time in the clubs some Newmanoids and some weren't uh, but still had the outfits and the moves catching a glimpse of themselves in the mirrors it's another one of those tracks that reminds me of that era I try not to think of Steve, Co- Steve Coogan but I still love it now, they, now this is amazing I thought I'd read it out anyway. It's a bit rude. But Mark Hornet said, I had my first heavy, serious sexual experience with it playing in the background. It reminds me of the occasion every single time. Well, well done, Mark. Uh, Lisa Coy said, I remember around eight years old looking through my dad's LPs and seeing this old man in old-fashioned clothes and took it to play along with Berserker. Uh, I heard music for chameleons and after all the 80s music, this was around 1986, it blew me away. That's how I became a massive Newman fan. It's the only good thing my dad ever gave me. 
and on Twitter, a grand mystery music said, uh, totally loved it at the time, still do actually, great synths and I love the difference in vocal pitch. I only got to see the video years later and when I saw the video of Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal, it somehow reminded me of the video to Music for Chameleons, all set in a similar setting and I very much agree. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back next time for another Newman track. So please do get in touch at all the usual places. Email me at newmanpodcast at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at newmanpodcast. You can stream and subscribe to past episodes at newmanpodcast.com or you can get them wherever you get your podcasts. So see you next time. Friends, a Gary Newman podcast celebrating the tracks by a musical pioneer. pioneer.